G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. We're a church that's all about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. And if you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon is entitled Joy and Renewal, and it's part of an Advent series called Why Bother with Christmas? We hope you enjoy the sermon. And let's pray as we open up God's Word together. Lord God, we thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you for the witness of John the Baptist and many faithful disciples pointing to the joy and the renewal found in you. Amen. Well, can anyone tell me um, who this is? Marie Kondo, well done. Ten points to, uh, <laughs> to Fiona. What sparks joy it was her catchphrase. Marie Kondo was a, um, she was a tidying expert. And uh, she came to fame in the year 2019 when her show was launched on Netflix. And it was called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Now, you wouldn't think a show about tidying up would be um, an instant hit, but it was. It was such an incredible hit that um, in America in particularly, charity shops asked people to stop donating things. Because what Marie Kondo, um, she, she, she encouraged people to ask themselves, what sparks joy? And she said, look, if an item in your house doesn't spark joy, if it doesn't give you joy, then get rid of it. And she encouraged people to clear up their clutter. That's what her show was all about. Now, Marie Kondo has recently had a change of heart. She had kids. (laughs) And with her third child, uh, she said this to E! News. I've kind of given up on that in a good way for me. She talked about how her house was now messy. And now she realized that it wasn't really important to ask about items, what sparks joy. Instead, she realized that her children and her family gave her joy instead. She's still tidying up, but she's changed her outlook and she's realized that joy is not found in things. So where is joy found? Well, in Isaiah 61, it tells us that Jesus brings joy. The reading that Andy just read talks of a saviour, an anointed Messiah who's going to come. Now we looked a little bit at Isaiah last week and we talked about how for the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, there is judgment, pure judgment. The people have sinned, there is going to be a a judgment event, Um, people from the north are going to evade um, Judah. And the kingdom will be totally destroyed. And Isaiah warns and warns and warns and eventually the people don't listen and the judgment comes. But in the second half of Isaiah 40 to the end, he starts to talk about a servant. A servant who will bring renewal to the kingdom. A servant who will restore Israel. And what's interesting is that he also talks about a suffering servant, one who 
will experience wrath, one who will suffer for his people. And in Isaiah 61, we realize, maybe for the first time, that the servant who will restore Israel and the suffering servant are the same person. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. This suffering servant is an anointed servant. He has the spirit of God in him and he has come to bring restoration. He has come to bring joy. And what's interesting is you might think, well, the judgment comes first and then the restoration. But instead, verse 2 says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the year of jubilee and the day of vengeance of our God. Now, the year of jubilee is a very interesting concept. In the law of Israel, God mandated a day off. A Sabbath, the seventh day. Because when God created the world, he made it in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. So in the same way, God's people were to rest. But in the seventh year, it was a Sabbath year, and you were meant to let the the land lie fallow. You were meant to let, let the land rest. You were meant to let the country rest. And then... On the seventh, seventh year, on the 49th year, that was the year of Jubilee. That was a year when prisoners were to be released. If there was a Hebrew prisoner in your house, you were to release him, they were to go free. If you held a debt, you were to forgive that debt. If you held someone else's land that belonged to their family, that was apportioned by God to their family, you were meant to give it back to that family. It was a year of jubilee. It was a year of restoration. The servant brings restoration. He brings suffering. He also brings vengeance and judgment. But it's in the form of renewal, setting people free, bringing all wrongs to right. Jesus is that suffering servant. And so if you've got a Bible with you, I really encourage you to go to page 1279 of the Pew Bibles, because this is fascinating. Jesus picks up this text that Andy just read from Isaiah, and he makes it about himself. He says, I am the suffering servant. I am the anointed savior. I am the one Isaiah was talking about. In Jesus' first public sermon in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus goes to his hometown of Nazareth and he starts quoting this passage. He's handed the scroll of Isaiah. Basically, they had, a, they had a reading plan, they had a lectionary, much like we have a lectionary today and we read through the Bible systematically. Jesus is handed the scroll of Isaiah and he finds Isaiah 61. He is reading this on purpose and for a reason. 
And he opens it up and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the year of Jubilee. And did you notice? He stops. He doesn't talk about the day of vengeance of our God. And that's because we live in an in-between time. Jesus comes to usher in the year of Jubilee, the year of the Lord's favor, because it's here that the spiritually blind, it's here that the spiritually poor can be released from captivity. But there is a day coming, a day of vengeance, a day of restoration, a day when all wrongs will be made right. And it's interesting, as Jesus preaches in Nazareth, I think I've got a picture of him. Whoop, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, pardon? There is a picture? There's a picture? Oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> this, is this is maybe what it would have looked like. This is, um, this is actually, a, um, I think it's a Syrian picture. You've got Jesus. He's sitting down in the synagogue. And all his mates in Nazareth are listening to him. And at first, they really like what he has to say. But when he talks about restoration, when he talks about the gospel going to all the nations, all of a sudden everyone in Nazareth goes, wait a minute, who does this Jesus think he is? Didn't we see him in nappies? Didn't we see him as a baby? Haven't we seen him grow up? Isn't he Mary's son? Isn't he Joseph's son? And they drive him to a cliff and they try to drive him off the cliff to kill him. But Jesus just walks through the crowd. Jesus is the suffering servant, and he is the one who brings renewal. And this is the amazing thing. Jesus brings joy, and with joy we have renewal. The gospel passage we read today was about John the Baptist. John comes on the scene, and everyone's like, John, who are you? Are you the Messiah? Are you the one we're waiting for? Are you the suffering servant? Are you the person who's going to restore the nation to Israel? And he says, I'm not. I'm a voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make way. Make straight paths for the Messiah to come. And then he says, Jesus is the Messiah. He points to him and he says, behold, the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And for a while, Jesus' ministry and John's ministry go on at the same time. But then John gets locked up. He criticized Herod the king, which is never a good thing to do. He gets involved in politics. He criticized Herod the king and said it was wrong for him to have his brother's wife. And so Herod puts him in jail. And as John is languishing in jail, he sends some of his disciples to Jesus. Because John's getting a little bit uncertain. If Jesus is the suffering servant, if he is the one, the anointed Messiah, why am I in prison, says John. And so I want to encourage you, if you've got a Bible, turn to page 1284. See, Jesus has already said, I'm the suffering servant, I'm the Messiah. And John's, John's starting to doubt it because he's saying, well, look at me, I'm in prison and I was meant to make the way for you. I was meant to be a part of your kingdom. What's going on, Jesus? 
And so Jesus is out there baptizing and preaching and teaching. And he seems to be doing nothing about his cousin John being in jail. And John sends his disciples. This is page 1285, Luke 7, verse 20. Then men came to Jesus. They said, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Do you see that? They think that maybe Jesus isn't the guy. Maybe he isn't the Messiah because he hasn't restored the kingdom. And then verse 21 says, At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Jesus is saying, John, look, the kingdom of God is breaking into your world. The blind are seeing, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life. I am the one. Wait, because I am making all things new. I am bringing renewal. And you can almost imagine John the Baptist sitting in his cell and his mates come and tell this message from Jesus. He's a bit forlorn. He's a bit frightened. He's a bit worried about his future. And he hears Jesus reply, Blessed are those who don't lose heart because of me. And you can just imagine the joy flooding that prison cell. John realizes it all clicks. Jesus is the one who is bringing renewal. Yes, I'm going to have to wait. And for John, he will die. But in that prison cell, he would have had unbridled joy. Friends, I've met people who have everything they could ever want, who have success, who have money, who have power, and they are captive to all of that. They have absolutely no joy, and there is no renewal in their lives. And I've met people who have nothing, but they have Jesus And so they have everything. They have complete joy. They have complete renewal. And so friends, in light of these passages, what are we to do? Who are we to be? Well, we are to be a people on mission. A people sharing that joy of Jesus with the whole world. And we did that last night in an amazing way at Countdown to Christmas. I'm going to show you some photos and I want, you to, I want you to look at these photos, but have a think about what all these photos have in common. All right? So here's, here's um, Anne, Kerry, and Judy. They're handing out their pea plates and rewarding their uh, kids who went around. Here's Anne who made a beautiful cake. Here's um, beautiful Jean Spence who just washed up like crazy all night. Um, here's Margie Bailey who um, led the, the beautiful bake store. There's Colin making his delicious donuts. Here's Ruth and some friends. Here's our plant store ladies. <laughs> and here's our people at the gate, Roger, Anne and Alma. What did you notice? What did you notice? 
they all had joy. They all had smiles on their faces because they were people on mission, living for God, doing God's work, sharing God's love with the world. Friends, what sparks joy? Jesus. Jesus brings joy. And joy brings renewal. If we continue to be a people on mission, working together for the glory of God, we will have joy and we will have renewal in spades. Let's pray. Loving Lord God, we thank and praise you that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us and that we have been anointed to bring good news to the captives. Thank you that one day you are coming back and it will be a day of judgment. It will be a day of vengeance. But it will be a day when you restore all things to their true end and make all wrongs right. It will be a day of justice and mercy. Please, Lord, help us as we look forward to that day to remain a people on mission. Like John the Baptist, help us to proclaim you with our whole heart and our whole life. In Jesus' name, amen.